0: All right, welcome to another uh, Bull in the Basement. And this, you know, this might be a sort of a niche episode, kind of, sort of. Although golf has expanded into the women ranks a lot uh, lately. There's a lot more women playing golf, a lot more young girls playing golf and and expanding into, you know, high school golf and college golf. And the LPGA gets bigger and bigger and bigger in the American side for sure. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, weekend golfers out there certainly. Uh, in Western New York, that that love the game, and joining me uh, on this edition is uh, Brett Blakely, the co-founder of Encore Golf. Now, now let's be clear, everyone, Encore with an O.
1: Thank you. Yes,
0: <laughs> very, very important that you know that it's EncoreGolf.com. And first of all, great seeing you, man. I'm glad we could do this finally. We've been yeah. talking about it for a long time.
1: Definitely, likely uh, likewise. Yeah, it's great to finally be on.
0: Uh, you're uh, one of the co-founders of, of Encore Golf, and um, you know, when the whole thing popped up and I started hearing about this, I thought to myself, wait a minute, you know, if there was like a golf ball manufacturer, I would probably expect it to be in the Southeast or the Southwest, you know, someplace where right. people can play golf 24, seven, 365. And instead, here's you guys starting one up in Buffalo. So how would take me back to the initial thought process? And you were just sick and tired with the golf balls you were playing. I want to start make my own golf ball. Was it a bar napkin idea you're sitting at the the country club talking with buddies about like, how did it all start? What's the genesis of Encore Golf?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a quite a long story, but I will definitely, you know, give you the elevator version of it. So um, first off, we just completed 10 years. So, we've, you know, 10 years in the industry. Um, one of the things we're proud of is that, you know, every golf company that probably came and tried to, you know, as a challenger brand within the first five years, they've all gone out of business. I mean, we're the longest standing challenger brand company outside of like those big five that everybody knows right off the top of their head with billions of dollars. Um, So, I mean, that's, that's really cool. And it it does all have to do with the very beginning. So um, 10 years ago, I well, actually a little bit longer than that. 12 years ago, I was in New York City um, and I had met a a guy by the name of Steve Colton, who's the other co-founder. Um, through a mutual friend in Buffalo uh, when I moved to New York. He said, hey, I, you know, you graduated my sister in high school. Come and uh, hang out with me and my buddies. So, of course, I meet their whole group. And Steve and his friends had played on the NYU golf team. The hollow metal core, which is the first ball that we came out, of, uh, came out with and was the genesis of not only Encore but of the perimeter weighting concept, which is what our main innovation um, into the golf industry has been. Uh, That was actually an invention by an engineer that worked for my father at an advanced materials uh, company called Nanodynamics. You've probably seen they still have this sign up over on Furman Boulevard when you're driving to the Bills games, even though that that's been long gone for, you know, for well over a decade. But um, so I'd always thought that the the idea of this hollow metal core ball was really interesting. You know, I didn't grow up playing golf. I played every other sport. Um, But I remember telling my golfing buddies about it. And then you fast forward to 2008. Um, December 8th, 2008 is when the job market hit the whole country like a ton of bricks. And I was working at an international ad agency doing marketing. Uh, and Steve was on uh, uh, Wall Street at Deutsche Bank. And we both lost our jobs the exact same day. Our agency shut down within a week. You know, Deutsche Bank was doing massive cutoffs. So um, the whole genesis was next day we, we thought, what the hell are we going to do? I had six months left on my lease. Um, you know, I Steve had about the same when uh, and he was living with his girlfriend at the time. And um, we had a cup of coffee and said, Hey, what about that golf ball that that engineer that works for your father, you know, six degrees of separation type thing? Maybe we can make some extra money while we're looking for work by marketing it. So I called my dad and I said, Hey, what's going on with that golf ball? And he's like, Well, you know, Doug, he's just uh, he's one of those guys that invents a million things in his garage, you know, it's not doing much with it, you'd have to start a company. I said, Oh, great. Well, you, you know, you're a serial entrepreneur. How do you do that? And <laughs> kind of like, Yeah, nice try. He said, uh, There's a place called the Small Business Association in pretty much every city. It's a bunch of old lawyers that'll give you free advice. So <laughs> he's like, Go down there and uh, start putting the work in, you know, figure it out. So for six months, we we would go every day, you know, four hours a day, talk to these guys learned what bylaws were, learned how to write a business plan, put together a crappy website, came up with a name uh, and, you know, did all that in our apartment and down on uh, the small business association. And six months later we pitched Doug and said, Hey, you know, this is kind of our idea of where we want to take this. It's a really unique product. And see what you, like you said, you know, even though we're in Buffalo now, at that point we were in New York, but right. All the other companies were out West. They said, we'll be the East Coast cool. We'll be the anti titleists We'll be the, um, you know, everything is going to be different, not only from the technology, but from the brand. And that's, that's kind of where it started. And It took about two years for intellectual property to get moved over. And, uh, that meant that 2011, March of 2011 was our, um, kickoff, our official kickoff, but I mean, everything was brewing for two years prior. Um,
0: so you talked a little bit about, and I want to get into like the golf ball and you mentioned why it is, so unique, but man, to, to, to come into an industry that you mentioned has been dominated by, you don't have to name the names, but people know who they are. Right. Um, how, how nerve wracking was that for you? Um, you know, it's, and, and, and ultimately was, was your plan to get it marketed basically to the weekend amateur golfer, or ultimately was your plan to, Hey, let's get somehow this on the tour at some
1: point. Um, I mean, really great questions. I, I think that there is a lot of things going on that allowed us to to make such an idiotic move. One of the uh, one of the first guys that we brought on is like a consultant, you know had run multiple ball companies and he said, the ball industry is probably one of the hardest in the world to to penetrate because it's essentially a monopoly between you know five gorillas and goliaths. so. Um, but we did know that we had a really unique golf ball that when people heard hollow metal core, they knew that that was something that did not exist prior, uh, as to whether it was for a a big tour play or anything like that. I mean, I think we were really naive in, uh, you know, what golfers wanted. And we thought, Hey, this is so different. People are just going to buy it. The problem was it was not a great ball. It was uh, it was very accurate. It was you know forty to fifty percent straighter than any ball on the market, but because it had a hollow metal core, it meant that there was very little rubber around that core in between the cover and the core, which meant anyone with a decent swing speed would you know suffer from a loud ping when they hit it off the driver, um, and they would see a significant distance you know penalty. They you weren't you were going to lose twenty five yards minimum uh with this ball so yeah at that ball specifically was definitely for the really crappy golfer who could not keep it straight and what was funny is that it was so polarizing because you had the people that said oh this is trash you know i because they were too good for it and then you had people and you know i've never beaten my husband in 50 years I, or you know a guy who's 70 and has a 70 mile per hour swing speed and loved it you know i can't hit this thing um sideways so it was polarizing and, and although it wasn't a ball that was built for longevity in the industry um what it did do it was, it was an on-ramp for encore you know when we went to the pga uh pga show that second or third year for the first time steve and i walked right up to cobra puma's booth because they didn't have a ball asked where bob filion the president was waited for him to stop talking to who he was elevator pitched him and he said you know we're always pitched about ball companies and everything. And he said, "Uh, I got to admit, I don't even give him the time of day. He's like, but I like your hustle and I like your enthusiasm. He said, why don't you go home for a month, fly back out in a month and come pitch me and uh, the rest of the team. And it was one of those things where we learned a lot because a, we went back to Carlsbad, pitched the top five execs. I mean, it was the biggest thing that we had ever done in our life. Um, but the ball wasn't even conforming at that point. So that wasn't going to be a ball for Ricky. And, you know, they said, Hey, when you guys have a ball, a tour quality ball, that is ready for Ricky to play, you know, if we decide we want to get in the ball industry, we'll be happy to talk to you again. We may never get in the ball industry, but that, you know, and that kind of shifted the direction and, and realizing that we can't make a living in this you know industry with a, Non-conforming ball, first off, and one that is not at a tour quality level. So that, that began the fight with the USGA, um, you know, to make sure our ball was on the conforming list, which was a two-year effort, two rejections, and then finally appealing to the executive standard committee, getting it overturned, becoming the second company in 100 years since 1926 to get them to rewrite the rules governing golf ball construction.
0: Impressive impressive now ricky for people that don't know is ricky fowler right so um uh so where did it go from there in terms of ricky fowler and those guys
1: well so we've we've always maintained a friendship um bottom line is they're not getting into the ball business uh they said if we do you know they offered us jobs Said, hey would you come out and and run (laughs) doesn't sound like a bad gig but um you know we ended up being able to that that so that historic accomplishment with the uh, USGA conformance that, along with an appearance on Power Pitch on CNBC, got the attention of John Calabria, who is our head engineer and has been for the last five years. And he was the one of the main designers on, you know, Pro B1. Um, he was head of R&D at Tailormade. He was one of the top, you know, research and development guys at Callaway. Um, built the TPX five with, you know, some other guys. So he, uh, he knows what he's doing when it comes to golf ball design. And he was on the verge of retiring from anything having to do with golf balls. And I think he was doing some stuff with NASA as well. Um, And he, uh, you know, through a, a mutual connection, was told about our story and our accomplishment and it kind of reinvigorated him. He's like, wow, now I have a whole new set of design parameters that I can develop innovative and high performance golf balls under. And he, you know, when we talked to him, he said, I think I can make more traditional looking, you know, and feeling golf balls, but still maintain perimeter weighting, which had so many benefits to it. It did have the benefits of, you know, the reduction in side spin and control and accuracy. He felt like it could be a catalyst for enhanced distance performance. I mean, there were all sorts of things and going through his mind. So where we went from there was to develop, all right, we're going to get rid of the hollow metal core. We're going to basically double down on this perimeter weighting concept, which had been used in clubs and putters and drivers, you know, and you see all sorts of performance benefits. Nobody had done it in golf balls. And so we were like, that's going to be our, our sweet, you know, that's going to be our, our kind of, uh, thing that we latch onto. And so we developed the uh, Avant, which was, you know, our, our two-piece low price point, slow swing speed. Um, then our Elixir was the first tour ball in 2017. And that was really a catalyst. I mean, our, our sales grew by six times that year. Um, and you know, it won the, the gold on golf digest hot list uh, a few years in a row. And then, um, what was it last summer, two, two summers ago, we launched the, uh, the one, and that's been our highest performance ball to date and both the Elixir and Vero X1. And even though we don't have the high density particles in the two piece, cause there's no mantle layer um, the way that we built the core, the oversized core in the center even gives our two piece uh, some perimeter weight, but the Elixir and the Vero, the tour balls are the ones that have, have that, you know, mostly instilled in them and, Man, you, I mean, you can't, get a, you can't find a longer ball than the Vero X1, and the elixir is just – it's like butter off the face, you know?
0: Um, this is a lot of science, uh, and people probably yeah. didn't realize there was that much science into golf balls. Um, but it is important – I mean, listen, a guy that's uh, a 15-plus handicap, let's be honest, when it comes to golf, there's so many things that come into play when you're playing sure. the game, right? I mean, the ball's one piece of it, obviously – but mm-hmm. everything about your swing, obviously your golf clubs, your equipment, um, your training, all of it. So for, you know, if you're a 15 plus handicapped guy, um, I would submit for that guy, a golf ball is a golf ball is a golf ball. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what's your argument to that?
1: Um, so yes or no. I mean, for one, there's never going to be a ball that is so demonstrably better that it's going to change your game by 10 strokes. Cause if there was, it would be illegal. It would not be conforming. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you'd have a super ball that goes 400 yards. If you just from looking at it funny. Um, but the guy who's a 15 handicap and you say a golf balls, golf ball. Well, that's where I'd say that's especially why they should be playing something with perimeter weighting because they're probably the ones that are suffering the most from hitting it sideways. And if you have a ball that is giving you 15 to 30%, uh, you know, reduced dispersion on miss hits that's gonna maybe make him from a 15 to a 12 or a 10 over time you know um i mean part of the reason that we did start the company was to try and you know take the elitism out of golf try and make sure that we were growing the game by making products that were high performance and still able to perform well for amateurs so like one of the things I love about the Elixir, especially, is that that is a tour ball that any guy on the tour would play and perform well with and love, yet it's not going to not perform for an amateur golfer, for a 15 handicap, and not many balls do that. I mean, most guys that are 15, 25 handicap, they shouldn't be playing a Pro V1 or Pro V1X because there's a lot of uh, performance deficiencies. I mean, the reason there's a Pro V1 and a Pro V1X is because one is soft off the soft around the greens, but not long off the tee. The the X is long off the tee, but not as soft around the greens. Well, I mean, both the Elixir and the Vero kind of have the best of both worlds. And a lot of it does have to do with the science of the perimeter weighting and the core, you know, compositions that we've we've done. But, uh, you know, we wanted to have a suite that kind of spoke to every skill set, every price point, um, every skill set of golfer. And, uh, you know, like you said, a 15 handicap, a ball is a ball is a ball, but I think ours, you know, does have its benefits and a ball is the only piece of equipment that you're using on every single hole. Uh, You know, you're not using your driver on every hole. You're not using certain clubs on every hole, but the ball is. So finding something that enhances what you do well and reduces what you don't, I think is, you know, kind of what we've been trying to do with our innovation is and, and really make high performance, you know, patented technology, innovative, you know, driven uh, golf balls.
0: Uh, and this is sort of a silly question, but I, I know there's robotics used in R&D, right? Yep. So, so do you, simu- do you simu- sim- simulate
1: bad golf swings ever? Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, or, go ahead. You do, you do both. Um, so there's an uh, Iron Byron out at Golf Labs. Um, that's kind of the industry standard. Gene Peretti is the guy who runs it. Uh, it's a robotic swing arm. And you can literally dial in any kind of swing, steep, shallow, uh, fast, slow, miss hits, straight shots, you know, and we do, I mean, we try and make sure that we have a nice across the board uh, set of data points that that represent a variety of golfers. But like you said, I mean, the amount of variables that go into a golfer and, and their swing, there are there's probably an infinite amount of ways a golf ball can be hit. I mean, because as you know, when you're going up and you're, you're thinking your foot positioning, you're thinking about when you break your wrist, you know, you're thinking about keeping your arms straight, uh, tempo, like there's just so many things that go wrong. So what we do is we try and go after, you know, kind of the industry recommended, um, variety of, of swing, uh, you know, techniques and, 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 just look at what our golf balls are doing compared to the, you know, to the others.
0: Uh, The the only other, the only problem with, with the robot though, is the one thing that you hinted at, right? (laughs) The game is, the game is so psychological that regardless of how good or bad a player you are, you can absolutely psych yourself out
1: uh, on the tee or in the fairway or on the green anytime. Right. Isn't it interesting? I mean, you look at the guys who are at, you know, you could even go down to like college you know d3 to professional but especially when you're looking at like corn ferry to pga the difference in their actual skill is minimal it is what's in between the years it's you know both can shoot a 66 on any given day one guy can shoot a 66 on most days the other guy can shoot a 66 you know, once every five times, which is not enough. Another guy who's again can choose 66, but maybe it's one out of every 10. So he was the D3. Like it's, it's unreal with golf how uh, that has got to be the most important element is just being able to maintain consistency um, to, to kind of dial in that that talent and that muscle memory to not waver.
0: I was wondering, has there ever been, and I think it would be interesting, and I'm, I'm sure it's been talked about, but. Is there ever been a, a like a sort of a taste test? Like, let's say you had DJ and JT and DeChambeau and Kepka and Shoffley. I'll just throw out five guys, right? And you put five different balls, unmarked, on five tees, or maybe you give them—I don't know—five drivers. You give them five five irons and five wedges, or what? I mean, five putts. Let's say with unmarked balls. What are the odds uh, those guys know what, the, ball, what, what balls they're hitting? What's the odds that they would know? Yeah, based on the results of, of what they did hitting those shots on either on the practice green or on the practice team.
1: I bet you they'd know if they were hitting the ball that they play currently, you know, because they probably have it at that level. You are so dialed in. Um, you know, uh, that's like knowing what perfume your wife wears. You know that smell. And if you don't, you're. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, Especially around Christmas, good timing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh I so what's funny about what you're you're asking though is one of the things that we have been kicking around doing uh is kind of like a Pepsi challenge of golf balls. Um, because we know how we know that we have the best in class. I mean the X one just outperformed the Pro V one, Pro V One X golf EQ said it was the highest score they had ever given a golf ball. Um, so I mean we know that we have balls that are as good and better than the top of the line in the world. And our thought was, you know, hey, let's get 500 people get unmarked balls, let them hit all of them. And we're confident that, you know, golfers of low handicap to mid to high, everything that at the end, I am sure because our data shows it and because the amount of people would say, man, you know, these other balls are going in my shag bag now because these are way better than I ever thought, you know, was possible from a, from a company that wasn't, you know, one of the big guys. Um, that Pepsi challenge is something that we want to do because I think, although a professional might be able to know, they still might see, you know, they still might have favorable uh, reviews on it. I'm, well, I'm positive they would have favorable, favorable reviews, but yeah, I guess it's a two part question that I think that they would be able to know their ball. I don't know that they would be able to decipher the others. And part of that is because at that level, they're not playing with anything else because they can't afford to not know Every single they need to know their ball like the back of their hand because every shot you know depends on it, which is why it's so hard to get these guys to even consider testing something else. You have a very small window that they're in the offseason, they have to not have a ball deal and they have to be willing to even make a change and then they have to start testing. And we know that better than any anyone because not, we do have a few tour players, you know, Eric Compton and Andy Pope, and they're playing in PGA events. But we're going after some really big names right now for uh, to try and lock down in 2022 or 2023. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're fighting against the calendar and, you know, we're fighting against, um, you know, not being one of the, the big name brands, even though we're able to you know, points all the data and points all this. So, uh, you know, we're hoping that we can make a really cool announcement, you know, sooner than later about, you know, one or a few uh, top 50 guys, you know, coming on the Team Encore.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say, so uh, for you to get, let's say, a major winner to endorse or, you know, a guy that's in the top 25 or top 50 FedEx points or the money list or whatever you want to call it, um, it, obviously it has to be guys that are maybe coming out of a contract, right? Or guys that don't yep. have one. And then beyond that, it's, it's, it's money, it's connections, and probably a little bit of luck, right, to latch on to one of these guys or a couple of these guys?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, the nice thing is, like, now that Eric Compton has been playing, I mean, he, he literally took less money uh, to switch from Titleist to us, which is great. I mean, that was kind of a great validation of exact – and then he, you know, played in three PGA tournaments, right, the Honda Classic, the Schwab Challenge. Uh, I can't remember what the other one was. They, you know, he placed 20th in the one, like he did really well. He loves the ball. Um, And by the way, for those of you that don't know,
0: please like look up Eric Compton's story. It's absolutely remarkable
1: beyond the golf ball. The professional athlete ever to have two heart uh, transplants and still play at a professional level. Um, I was literally with him last week, the day after the Bills game, we were shooting a commercial with him and a few other of our, uh, you know, celebrity ambassadors and, and tour pros and everything, and just a good guy, um, hell of a golfer. And so he's actually been helping us in the development of the Vero 2 which will be coming out with, uh, this year. And so we just had a meeting prior to our little discussion here about how do we, you know, how do we a get people to try, you know, get them in the door to try. I mean, we have established a very good reputation within the industry. Um, and it's a, it's a as big of an industry as it is. It's a small industry. When we meet a lot of the pros, hey, I mean, we've talked to Ricky. Hey, how's Encore doing? I'm hearing you guys all the time. Congrats on the success. He went. He's best friends with the guy who with uh you know uh the with Titleist guy's son. You know, so it's like he's <laughs> right. anything else. Um, <laughs> right, right. But I think you know it's a mix of money. It's a mix of luck and timing. Part of what we want to do though is kind of like what happened with Josh Allen and with Zeke, you know, we, we don't pay them a dime. Uh, You know, a lot of people think that we paid Josh Allen to come on board. No, he invested, he invested in, in Encore. Zeke invested in encore. A lot of our big name, you know, they invested rather than uh, the other way around, which is the type of person we want because we want them invested in the company on a emotional level too. We want them to voluntarily be talking about encore because they love love who we're about. And we try and make it like a big family. So one of the things that we're hoping to do is, you know, have a conversation with one of these guys and, and say, Hey, how about, how about, you know, maybe it's a little bit of equity we give you. So this is like, this is partly your company rather than shelling out 2 million bucks or whatever, and hope that you have a good year. Like we'll develop a ball with you that is tailor-made, you know, for you. But um, well,
0: you can't and, say that.
1: Yeah. Not to, ta- I should <laughs> say it, words I should have known better. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're trying to, you know, always be thinking outside the box, get creative with any kind of relationship that we have. And uh, we feel like that's kind of where the next next step for us is to get a top guy.
0: Well, I uh, I have this. Uh, there we go. We can see that. Love it. And then I have. And so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you seen the new one? I have not seen the new one. The Josh, the Air Allen, the it's a the- hurdle from Kansas yeah. City.
0: Here, here, I am looking into my camera to look. At him. <laughs> what
1: am I doing? Here, look, see. Yep, that's I'll awesome. Get you, uh, I'll get you some Air Allen ones. Cool. Uh,
0: so, talk a little bit about yeah Josh's involvement. How did that even? I mean, he's he's a he's a good player,
1: right? And uh, player. Yep. Yeah. He. Uh, so, what was it? Year two, season two of his whatever it was that? Twenty eighteen. Um, I'd gotten an email from his agent t and who's super nice too great guy and he said hey uh you know josh is a huge golfer or he said i'm josh allen's agent you know quarterback for the buffalo bills i'm like yeah i know who josh Allen." Is. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and uh he's like he wa- josh asked me to reach out because he heard that there was a golf ball company in buffalo he's obsessed with golf you know would love just to maybe come down to the office on the bye week and meet you guys so you know inside i'm like A little kid and just like, yes, please, you know, bring. (laughs) And uh, so he came in on the bye week that year. And uh, it was really funny because I I told my mom, who's a huge Bills fan. I was like, you might want to come in around noon uh, or one o'clock or whatever that day. I was like, Josh is coming in. And I was like, we got to meet with him, but you can you can say hello. And so he comes in and she's like, I just want to tell you that I'm so happy you're in Buffalo. I'm so happy you're a QB we just love you. He goes, well, I love you too. And he gives her a hug and I go, stop hitting on my mom, bro. And, goes, <laughs> <laughs> and so from there, it was like, you know, just all the, I, you know, of course I'm excited as hell. And it was just like, we kind of hit it off right off the bat. We, uh, so we met with um, him and T and just kind of went through all the things that we were doing, told him the story. Like I've been telling you today. And I remember T looks at him, he goes, how about this? He's like, have you ever heard a story or been in a meeting like this? Josh goes, never, never in my life. And, uh, he's like, this is just awesome. He's like, I can't believe what you guys have done with such few people, um, in, in this industry and everything. He's like, I think I definitely would like you know, to get involved. So season went on. And, uh, by the end of the year, he was like, yeah, let's, let's make something happen. And, uh, It's just been great. I mean, he's been, he is the nicest guy in the world. He, uh, he truly is obsessed with Buffalo. I mean, he wants to spend the rest of his life here. Um, wants to be those QB, uh, forever for sure. And he is a great golfer and he's just a lot of fun to be around. A lot of fun to hang with. Um, a lot of fun to golf with You're you ever golf with him? you're going to get 18 holes of impersonations and movie quotes. (laughs) (laughs) It's hilarious, absolutely hilarious. So, no, it's been, it's been fun. What's, I mean, you know Buffalo. Buffalo is rabid for this team. Uh, they recognize the character of Josh and, and how much he cares about this city. You see how we support anything that brings a positive light. Uh, and, I mean, our Josh Allen golf balls have been the highest-selling custom ball that we do by a landslide. I mean, it's absurd. We're actually on Tuesday, we're getting a picture. He's taking a picture down on the field. Um, of a, our, our second check to them for $15,000. that's going to the Patricia Allen fund that, because every every dozen of the, either the Bills Mafia or Josh Allen Mafia, can't say Bills, right? Uh, or the Air Allen, five bucks of every dozen goes to Oshai. That's awesome. Um, yeah.
0: I, I foresee, and you have a marketing background, obviously, as you mentioned earlier in this conversation, I foresee you doing something where, uh, instead of the 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 bucket challenge, where the quarterback's at the ten yard line, he's got to you know throw it into the bucket in the corner back of the end zone. I foresee him
1: having a, a, a lob
0: wedge or something with an encore golf ball doing the same thing. Make that
1: happen. Yeah. I love it. Yep, I love it. You know, well, you know, it's really funny too. Is uh, uh, the have you seen the commercial that we've ran it on television a few times with Josh and everything and um that was just basically going out to california hang out for a day and i'm like you know we, we do need content i'm just gonna bring a videographer and just record the day like nothing was scripted not one part of that nothing he said was scripted it was just hey let's see what kind of footage we get and it turned out awesome but what was funny is i'm like all three I mean, he just does he's a showman he just does all these things impromptu he just uh puts his clubs down he, and he looks at our camera guy and he goes I don't need golf clubs to play golf and he chucks the ball. Like, I mean, he, I don't know how many hundred, you know, hundred some yards out uh, to get on the green. I'm like, that's funny. And then that, the whole thing at the end of the commercial where it's like, Hey, Josh, what we got going on? He's like, and he's looking at the camera. And he's like, I'm playing my, uh, you know, uh, Encore VRX one goes mafia ball, baby. It's all I play. And then he did the no button. He came within an inch of hitting it. That was completely random. And everyone's like, wait, why didn't you just do it again until he made it? I was like, I think it's better because it's, I mean, that was literally like authentic. You know, that was the one, the one putt he did completely off, you know, didn't, didn't plan it or anything. And I'm like, the the guy almost makes a 25, 30 foot, putt, not even looking. (laughs) it was great.
0: That's phenomenal. Um, One last thing before I let you go, I've already taken up way too much of your time. Um, There was talk, I want to say maybe in the last couple of years about a, um, with you know, tons of simulators popping up here in Western New York. Really cool, like sort of simulator bars popping up. The golf films are always busy, but there was talk within the last couple of years about a sort of a, a, a Top Golf style, yep. Um, you know, coming to Buffalo and setting up. And I know you you guys somehow were associated in that conversation. I thought, um, yeah, that,
1: that's our project. Yeah. Okay,
0: and, and can you can you let us know anything about what might or could be happening and what the if there is a timeline on it.
1: Yeah, so uh, we, had, we had it ready to go prior to COVID. Uh, it was actually supposed to break ground in, the, in April or May of that year, of 2020. Um, funding was in place, and of course, you know, COVID hits, and we weren't sure, the people who were funding weren't sure if there was ever going to be anything where you're – I mean, that business model is to pack a ton of people into it close together, Nonstop. That was like the last thing that would be a COVID friendly, uh, type of business. And so of course that, that kind of put a damper on those things because it, it's only about a year long build we expect, um, about because the design and everything. So over the last couple of years, we've, uh, we've had our development team still working on it full time. Um, some things have changed as far as, you know, potential location. Uh, we're hoping to, um, you know, we, we, all I can say is it's still going to happen. Uh, we don't have an official timeline yet because that's really a function of when we get, um, you know, funding in place and everything. But we've redesigned the, the game board; looks insane. Um, there's going to be some really cool elements. Again, this is going to be better than Top Golf because of the technology that we're instituting. It's not going to be a cookie cutter. Um, you know, we're looking at uh, several cities outside of Buffalo that we're going to be doing this in too. Um, and each one will be unique. You know, each one will have its own uh, local flair, which I think is something that isn't happening right now. So uh, we're super excited about that. We're uh, all I can say is we hope it starts yesterday. Um, yeah. But but, it, it, you know, we're still 100 percent moving forward. Um, just waiting for uh, all the all the things to come together that we need.
0: So um, anyone that's a golf fan that's watching this, um, you are and this like for me, I like sort of getting in on ground floors of things. And then watching them expand i mean you guys sure. have obviously been doing it for 10 years and doing great to this point but my gosh you are on the cusp of some really big 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 super great things to the point where people are gonna be like holy cow like yeah we knew this was here but now like it's here now it's here. wow and it's buffalo um yeah. so this is really cool and and I'm i'm glad we could do this here so that you know a year two three years from now whenever we do this again We're talking about even more bigger and better things for you guys, but um, congratulations so far, man. This is awesome stuff. Um, I'm going to get more of these clearly Um, Christmas gifts for sure. uh, For folks that are, Oh, damn it. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Now they know. Um, (laughs) At any rate, man, great to see you. Thanks for doing this and um, have a great holiday and hopefully we'll talk soon. Yeah, you too. Let's uh, let's
1: definitely get together soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Take care. Encore golf with an O. Dot com.